0: You know, obviously, the story in outline, um, that famous story where there was this feast um, that Be- Belshazzar was part of, and this hand appears and writes on the wall. Now, I think you all realise that Daniel, The Best of Times, is not an easy book. It's such a difficult book at times that it really it's become a fairly, if you like, a happy hunting ground for some really off-the-wall theories. Now, I'm going to try and not do that today. I want to go quite simply, have a look at this story, and really just say, okay, what's it about? What's it got to say to us today? Let's just outline what I'm doing this morning. First of all, I want to look at the actual story as it is in the book of Daniel. I want to have a look and say, okay, what was actually happening? let's just have, to have a look at what was actually happening because I think in a way what you get in the book of Daniel is if you like almost a tidied up version of what was happening and there's more to it than that I want to also have a look at the background see what was happening in the nations around what was happening in, in Babylon and I also want to look and see what it's actually said at the time which is quite important but then I want to have a look and say okay as I've thought and prayed about this what's it actually said to me you might come at come, come, come from a completely different angle. What I'm saying is, as I've looked at this story, and I've looked at the story well, behind it, I've, I've actually felt that God was saying certain things to me, highlighting certain things to me. Happy with that? Okay. So, let's have a look, and um, let's listen,
1: rather. There's 12 verses. Daniel 5, verses 1 to 12. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, And the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared, and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote, his face turned pale, And he was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his legs gave way. The king called out for the enchanters, the astrologers, the diviners to be brought and said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in. But they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. O king, live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, I say, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers and diviners. This man, Daniel whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and also the ability to d- interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. Thank you.
0: Okay, Lovely, thank you. Okay, got the story fixed in your minds? Now, come forward a couple of thousand years to a similar situation. And you're thinking similar? Yeah. Anybody recognize the picture? No. The date might give it away. Any idea? Sorry? It must be birth have about to a hearing, hear it. it's a shout? The, e- the eagle's nest. Got it, in, nearly there. It's actually Hitler's bunker in Berlin in 1945. Now, why have I put that picture up? For this reason. What was happening in there was, you had the whole of the Nazi leadership hold up there. The Russians were advancing, they'd obviously lost the war, they were a couple of streets away, and what was going on there was absolutely amazing. I mean, Hitler was giving out orders and moving imaginary armies around. He was giving out decorations, even though the Russians were only a couple of streets away. And when the Russians actually decided to make the attack on the bunker, they expected to have a really hard time. They didn't have to, because they went in. Everybody was drunk. People were absolutely drunk out of their mind. Uh, a, few, a few months later, a lot of the women who were in there discovered they were pregnant. You can, so you can imagine what was going on. They just thought, oh, does it matter? The Russians are going to be here in a Away we go. Now, I think, with Belshazzar, with this incident, I think you've got something very, very similar. You had a situation where the, where the Babylonian Empire was collapsing. It had effectively collapsed. And the medo persians who were the big rising power in the land, were, frankly, almost hammering at the door. And that was just, I think that's the situation you've got here. You have this wild party of, sort of, we've lost. Does it matter? Now, let me just fill in what I think happens here. Let's just see chapter 5. Well, the first 12 chapters we just had read to us, and I've deliberately called it a drunken orgy. That's what I think, that's what I think it was. Um, and the hand. And we're going to have to ask, OK, what does it mean? Next bit is the interpretation. Now keep the word interpretation in your mind. It's an interpretation, it's not a translation, the words that appeared. I'll say more about that in a minute. And finally, the death of Belshazzar and the Medo Persians take over. Okay, now let's have a look and just see what's happening in a wider context. Quick history lesson. 586 BC, the Babylonian Empire is at its height. That's when Jerusalem gets attacked. That's when Jerusalem gets taken over, um, give or take a couple of years. And that's when Daniel, the three people in the fiery furnace, others get taken back to Babylon. And that's when the Empire is absolutely at its height. Um, However, by the time we get to 530, the Empire is under pressure. And this chap called King Nabodemus... He's fighting off the Medo Persians, and frankly, he's losing. He's losing province after province, it gets lost, and gradually the system's just collapsing. The, and he appoints his son, Belshazzar, as a regent. I know he's described as a king, strictly speaking, he wasn't. He was actually a king regent, he was there in place of the king. And he's appointed, and then finally, in 5, 538 B6, the Medo Persians complete the conquest. And Darius is killed. Um, By the way, a little aside here that I discovered. It doesn't say he was killed by the medo persians who were the conquering power. It says he was killed. And a lot of scholars think he was actually killed by his own people. Because what's interesting is, you read on to the next chapter. Don't do it now, keep listening. But if you read on to the next chapter, you'll find that the same senior civil servants, of whom Daniel, and the other three, and all those amongst them, become senior civil servants under the Medo-Persians. And the suggestion is that you don't actually see the Medo-Persian army marching in and taking over and smashing the place up. What you actually see is the Babylonians particularly, and in particular the senior civil servants, who are mainly Jewish, actually saying, we've killed him off. Come, in, come on in and many, many scholars think that's what actually happened and if you've been living there you probably think well actually there's no change just a different king at the top so that's the um, background so what happens at the feast or this drunken party I very like to describe it a hand appears and these words appear Memi, memi Tekel or Parsin. As far as we know, they are no known language. Whatever they were, they absolutely terrified Belshazzar, they absolutely terrified everybody who was there, and you can imagine them being actually half drunk and staggering around thinking, What do we do now? Well, I think the Queen Mother must have had less to drink than the rest of them because she had an idea, and her idea was to send for Daniel. So off they go, off they go, and fetch Daniel. And Daniel comes back. And please remember what I said a few minutes ago, he doesn't give a translation. He gives an interpretation. And it's very, very similar to what we have today sometimes, where if someone brings a tongue in a meeting, you get an interpretation, where you're talking about the gist of what is being said, rather than a word-for-word translation. I don't know about you, with all my Christian experience, I can only think of one occasion where a tongue was given in a meeting, where someone then gave a translation. And that's very, very rare. Normally, it's, as Paul describes it, an unknown tongue and we get an interpretation. That's what happened here. Daniel was given an interpretation of these words. So, what's the interpretation he gives? And this is where Belshazzar really does feel under pressure. Number. God has numbered your days and your kingdom and brought it to an end. You can see why he was worried, can't you? Wait. You've been weighed on the scales and found to be too light. Um, somebody said to me rather cynically that the only time somebody said that to a Donaghy was during the Irish potato famine, but never mind. Um, but um, it's, not actually talking, it's not actually talking about talking about weight. doesn't news, Sam, don't worry. <laughs> but um, it's not actually talking about physical weight. We'll talk about that in a minute. And finally, probably the clearest bit of the whole lot, divisions. Your kingdom's divided up and give them to the Medes and Persians. And that's what, that's what was said to, to King Belshazzar and his court, and they were scared stiff of the prospect. Okay, they knew what it meant. They were pretty clear what it meant for their day and, their, for, their day and for their time. Okay. We have a problem. Many, many tekel hasin. We know what it meant to them. And we can take the view and do no more. I don't know if you remember, a few years ago, Tony Robinson was doing some storytelling on the television about um, early evening on um, Old Testament stories. And he told this one. It was absolutely fabulous, the way he told it. It's a, fabulous, it's a great story. And there's a trained actor, so he really knew how to, how to put this over. He did it really well. You could stop there and just say, it's a great story, let's stop there. Or what we could say is, as has come to me as I've thought and prayed about this, there are certain principles that this is talking about that we can actually tweeze out and actually bring bring them into our day. And I think the principles are this. Number. God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought them to an end. Well, I think it's this. That... God has not finished with nations. God has not finished with nations. God is still interested in what nations are doing. God still holds nations responsible. God still has expectations of nations. And I don't see anything in the whole of the Bible suggest anything else. The second thing is weight. Not talking about physical weight. You've been weighed on the scales and found to be too light nations have a moral responsibility in other words we as a nation have a responsibility as a nation for what we do and what we don't do we have a responsibility for what's happening in the world what we agree is a good idea and what we say that's wrong we respond we as a nation responsible for our actions later on in the book i think tim's going to talk about this in a week or so Daniel, Daniel talks about Daniel's praying to God and he's repenting, yes partly on behalf of himself but mainly on behalf of the nation that he accepts the responsibility that the nation has for where things have gone wrong and the last thing is your kingdoms divided and given to the Medes and Persians the outcome is not always present well a, few, about a year ago I stood here and talked about Habakkuk prophet Habakkuk. And one of the things that Habakkuk was struggling with was being told by God, yes, your nation has really got it wrong, they're going to be punished, and we're going to send the Babylonians to take over. And the outcome wasn't pleasant. The outcome was very unpleasant indeed for the nation and for the whole area. So there were three things. Let's just go through them again so you've got them clicked. Three things I feel that this story is actually saying to us today. God's not finished with nations. Nations have a moral responsibility for what they do and what they don't do. And finally, the outcome is not always pleasant. Now, over the years, there have been a lot of nations and organizations that have set themselves up almost as God, or at least equal to God. Or said, We are worthy of worship. We're worthy of absolute obedience. I picked out a few verses and I could reasonably, reasonably be accused here of taking some of them out of context. Yeah, I know. But you please find others. Please have a look at this and see if I'm right. Please don't take my word for it. But in Psalms, it says this He rules by his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. And again, look at that in the context. He's talking about all the nations of the world. He rules by his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Not just the nation of Israel. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Acts 17, um, Paul speaking. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. And what it's saying is this, that the formation of nations isn't just a matter of chance, it isn't just a matter of men making up their mind, but it's to do with God overseeing the event at the very least. And finally, another psalm, Psalm 22, another psalmist probably writing, probably not the same one as the first one. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he... Disregards all the nations? No. He rules over all the nations. Now that's pretty powerful stuff, you know. That really is pretty powerful stuff. Just think about your think about your history. Um, there have been lots of organizations and individuals who have set themselves up over the last two thousand years or so. You'll probably go back further have set themselves up at least as equal with God. What have you got in the Roman Empire? Well, in the Roman Empire, for the last couple of hundred years of its existence, the chief god was Caesar. And what did the Christians fall out on? Because they would not sacrifice to Caesar. This, the <coughs> Roman emperor effectively set themselves up as God. Uh, the third right, Nazism. It's interesting. It's um, interesting. People think that the third right was just a political system um, that um, was trying to take over Europe. Well, it was. It was also a religious system. And you look at the the big rallies they held. I'm sorry, they're religious events. It was a religious event that was trying to offer an alternative faith to Christianity, going back to the pagan roots in Germany. Um, Soviet system... One of the first things that the Soviets did when they took over in 1920 was they demolished a very large and rather beautiful cathedral in Moscow and built in its place a museum of atheism. One of the good things I think that the present Russian government has done is they've they've demolished that and built a rather beautiful cathedral in its place. But that's what they did. They had a museum of atheism erected. The French Revolution, um, yeah. what a lot of people don't realize is that at one point they closed all the churches every church in France was closed and they became a temple of of reason no reference to God was allowed Um, Saddam Hussein coming to our day now um, never really claimed to be divine he did say he was the successor of Nebuchadnezzar who certainly did and the statues he erected, you may remember during the war, do you remember them being pulled down? He never actually said you should bow down to my statue, but many of his supporters did. And finally, Khmer Rouge in Cambodia did some pretty awful things. And they talked about day zero. Yeah? Day zero because that was when everything started. No ref, and Christianity was outlawed. Absolutely. If you had any, even remotely remotely Christian faith, you were on your way out, I'm afraid. All those things have disappeared. And sometimes you can't explain it. Um, I can't prove this, but looking at those events and looking at some of the things which are frankly inexplicable, I think you can put them a very good case for saying... This was the judgment of God working. I really do believe that the battering and the awful things that happened to Germany at the end of the Second World War, I honestly believe that was a judgment. I can't explain it any other way. The events of the Soviet Union, when that collapsed, are really even more interesting. Um, can, you, can you remember as far in 1990? Think. cast your mind back a bit 1990 when the Soviet Union collapsed the, um, it stopped, one of the things started, it started was a street protest in Berlin and the head of the KGB in Berlin the Russian Secret Service put an urgent plea in saying can we send the tanks out onto the streets as we've done twice before and the order came back no we can't and that was a complete reverse of what had been the policy for the previous 50 years. And basically, the Soviet Union collapsed. It was almost as if things, something, something had shifted. Something had shifted, then said, no, this is at an end. You might be interested, no by the way, the head of the KGB in Berlin was a chap called Vladimir Putin. Went on to do some interesting things after that. But that's a fact. Do you see what I'm saying? You've got these events where things have happened. You can't explain them. Or you can try to explain them. But something's clearly shifted. Something's clearly changed. Um, Let me just give you one thing to think about, though. And this is where I almost start to shoot myself in the foot. Uh, (coughs) Won't be the first time. Um, Do I believe that God is interested in nations what nations are doing is holding nations accountable and people leaders and nations accountable, yes I do but sometimes what, what, I, what, I, what I believe on this doesn't quite fit together let me just say this I cannot help but think although the Roman Empire collapsed and the Christian Church came through very very strongly I can't help but think that during the or 400 years that it was going on and the Christians were being persecuted that some Christians were thinking I wish this this whole system would just collapse and they suffered enormously I can't help but think that that some of the Jews the gypsies and others who were slaughtered by the Germans uh, must have thought I wish this whole system would collapse if it it had collapsed 20 years earlier it wouldn't have happened I can't help but think that if the, if the Soviet regime had collapsed in 1920, the famine that the, the Russians organised in Ukraine that killed millions of people wouldn't have happened. The labour camps wouldn't have happened. Um, the killing fields in Cambodia. What ISIS had done to our brothers, the Arab Christians, in the last five, five to ten years, it asked some questions. And the reason I'm saying this is this. Do I believe that God holds nations and leaders responsible? Yes. And do I believe that all those people are found to be weighed on the scales and found to be too light, morally? Yes, I do. But it's not quite as simple simple as as it sounds. Does that make sense? What I'm saying is, do I believe they've been held ultimately responsible? But you have to ask yourself, God, why? Why? I haven't got an answer to that I'm not saying that to rattle you I'm just saying think and pray about it I'm sure there's an answer somewhere somebody's got the answer I'll be delighted to talk to you At a moment I haven't okay our reaction to all this okay it is very very tempting to take this reaction <laughs> see no evil hear no evil speak no evil. In other words God, it's too much for me I can't cope with it. I, and those questions I've just raised I, 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 cope with that. I can't cope with them either I can't, you know, I just, you know God I know you're responsible for, you, you hold the nations responsible and I know you've got plans for the nations but hell I can't cope. Keith started to hint about this earlier when he said something about um, sometimes you think, oh Lord I can't face the news tonight. See no evil, hear no evil. I think Paul started to suggest what our reaction could be. And he is, he is talking, giving advice to Timothy, just when the, Christi- the per- persecution of the Christians is just starting. It hadn't seriously started, but certainly they were having a rough time. The really big persecution of the Christians hadn't quite started when this was... This was written. And he says this. First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, requests, and thanksgivings be offered to God for all people. Yeah, fine, no problem there. For kings and for all others who are in authority. Hold on a minute. He's talking about he's talking about the Roman Emperor. One of the most corrupt systems ever existed. One of the most awful systems ever existed. He's saying that they should be praying for them. That we may live a quiet and peaceful life with all reverence towards God, with all proper conduct. This is good, it pleases our God and Saviour who wants everyone to be saved, to come to know the truth. And Paul is starting to hint at what our reaction to what I've just said should be. That we should be praying, requests and thanksgivings be offered to God for all people, for kings and all who are in authority when Ricky stood here fortnight ago I thought oh dear here, here goes what I want to talk about in two weeks time it didn't happen but he started to refer to this he said our father in heaven may your holy name be honored may your kingdom come may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and the challenge that Ricky started to give us and I want to add to today is this for us to be praying, strongly, individually, together, as a church, as a group, in whatever context you like. For the Kingdom of God, to be coming into all these situations. For the Kingdom of God to be coming in, and to to deal with this society that we're in. It's very, very divided. I mean, I'm not being political here. I, I can't ever think of our, our, our society in this country, being as divided as it is at the moment. Over a whole host of issues. No, we're asking for the kingdom of God to come in, for the kingdom of God, for us to, us to bring the kingdom of God into these situations. We're asking for the kingdom of God to come into the whole mess that Brexit is, whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing. We're asking for the kingdom of God to come into the crime, crime wave we seem to have in certain areas. We're also asking for the kingdom of God to come into places like that cockpit that happens to be in the Middle East, where, you know, can you see a solution to the Middle East? Donald Trump seems to think he can, well, I'm sorry. If he, th- if he thinks that he's the, he's the, he's the latest one of pe- people have got it very very wrong over many years we're asking for the kingdom of God to come in there we're asking for the kingdom of God to come into the refugee crisis we're asking for the kingdom of God to come into the situation we have in what called now what used to be called Burma where you've got, where you've got wholesale slaughter of, of, of certain racial groups we're asking for the kingdom of God to come in this is not a soft option this is actually this is actually our praying into these situations, but where possible, working into those situations. We might not be able to do anything about what's going on directly in whatever Burma whatever Burma's called now. Mayan. Mayan. Thank you. Heard that man, right? <laughs> whatever it's called again. <laughs> the, but we might be able to do something about what's happening in our society. That making sense. Can I ask Pete what you're, what you're, what you're doing at the moment? So I didn't warn you about this. But what, what are you doing in schools at the moment? Plenty
1: new school pastor.
0: To, uh, can, can I pull you out? I didn't warn this man about this, by the way, so apologies for this. You you're trained. <laughs> what, so what will you be doing as a school pastor?
1: I'm um, going into secondary schools and just being a to into kids who uh, want to talk um, to signposts where necessary signposts posts to various agencies or whatever who could help them but basically just being um, a non-judgmental um, listening ear to them
0: okay. Is that in the kingdom of God in?
1: I would hope so, yes Tell me how Well, it's expressing hopefully it's expressing the love of God that's in my heart uh, out to kids who may never have felt that love <clears throat>
0: have, I, have I given you a good example mm-hmm. of how we, uh, in, in, in our society here and now Pete street pastors doing it at the moment no no <clears throat> I haven't worn these two but, sorry, so apologies for this not at the moment because it uh, was tied up with drop and I'll be moving back to doing street pastoring now that drop-in is right. finished.
1: Um, but it is very much being available to listen without making judgments. But by the grace of God go on to be walking on the streets. Um, there's so many people, so many people out there without help. And uh, if we're able to share some hope with those people and listen to them. I
0: believe that's doing God's work.: Thank you. True to me, it's bringing the kingdom of God into where we are now. It's also praying for the kingdom of God to be released in places like the Middle East and other, other trouble spots around the world. Let me just quote um, a thank you. Let me just quote a man who is rapidly becoming a bit of a hero of mine. Our friend Justin, Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury. In praying, thy kingdom come. In praying, thy kingdom come. We all commit to... What do you think comes next? Any offers?
1: Loving our neighbors
0: as ourselves. Say it again
1: loving our neighbors as
0: ourselves okay any other offers take on
1: the
0: responsibility of doing it making it happen right any other offers i'll give you the official answer in a minute by the way so give me the official answer okay this is what he said in in total In praying, Thy kingdom come, as some of us have done for many years, we all commit to playing our part in the renewal of nations and the transformation of communities. In praying, Our kingdom come, Thy kingdom come, we commit ourselves to playing our part in the renewal of nations and the transformations of communities. Making sense? Could you, just like they did at the Olympics, could those who are able to stand please stand? Because to sum up, to sum up, I'd like to say a prayer together, and I've deliberately picked a version of the prayer that you might not know, because what we've done is we move from there, from the handwriting on the wall and all the implications there, to our praying. And our working into our nation and into our world. And it's summed up in this. And I've deliberately picked a version you may not know, so you can't recite it from memory. So let's say it together to close. Okay? Our Father in heaven, may your holy name be honored, may your kingdom come may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today the food we need forgive us the wrongs we have done as we forgive the wrongs that others have done to us do not bring us to hard testing but keep us safe from the evil one amen and if you don't don't remember any other bit of that remember May thy will, may your will may your kingdom come may your be done on earth as it is in heaven Thank you very much